on week three of a series called Friends. So if you're on social media, it's hashtag friends. And if you want the sermon notes, just send an in, uh, email to info at bridgechurch.cc. And if you didn't really like this, like this sermon today, then you can ask uh, Pastor Farrell for his notes on Thursday. Maybe you like those a little bit better. But in this sermon series, we're talking about how the Bible defines a true friend. There's been, uh, we've gotten several emails and prayer requests this past week of people that have really been impacted by this message. There's been hundreds of downloads online for this sermon series. Um, You know, I don't really have really unhealthy friendships in my life, but I know that people that do. But it's also making me evaluate the friend that I want to continue to be. So, So lives are really being touched. Um, You know, a lot of these uh, emails that we're getting and and prayer requests uh, are from a lot of young people, uh, people that are maybe like in their 20s and, and, you know, they're out on their own and and maybe they, they... really don't know what a healthy relationship looks like. You know, when you're, when you're a little bit older, you have a little bit more wisdom and perspective. Uh, so it's really encouraging to see a lot of 20-year-olds being impacted by this message in a great way. So we've been asking about what kind of friendships do you have? And I love what uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle said this past week. He said, it's impossible to live the right kind of life when you have the wrong friends. It's impossible to live the right kind of life when you have the wrong friends. And man, amen to that, because there's been times in my life that I wanted to live the right way, but I had the wrong friends. And there's also times in my life that I was the wrong friend as well to a lot of other people, even though I thought I was a good friend. Um, I guess, you know, holding bear bongs up is not, is not, not mean you're a good friend. Okay. Some of you got that. Some of you that have been in church all your life don't even know what I'm talking about. But um, Proverbs, who wrote Proverbs? You know? Solomon. And God said he would give Solomon one thing, and what did Solomon ask for? Wisdom. He asked for wisdom. And it just makes me realize that I need to pray for wisdom more in my life. You know, I don't really, you know, I ask God to, to guide me, but, but I don't, sometimes I just don't say, God, give me wisdom. And I really, I mean, there's so many things that are on my plate right now and responsibilities that I have that I need God's wisdom because I cannot rely on my own. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. So God is saying to us that a true friend is a rare thing. And I think we downplay the importance of friendships in our lives. Do you know one of the main reasons why new people start attending a church and stay plugged in is? Do you, do you know what that reason is? It's not because of my, bl- my mind-blowing sermons. I know some of you think that. It's because of friends. It's because of friends. And you're probably here this morning because one of your friends invited you to the bridge. And you probably have stayed here because you have met friends in the church. 
And when you meet a friend, you are more likely to stay. And that's why it's so important. That's why we talk about, you know, that's why we have connections right after service for you to get to know some people. That's why we have group link next week for you to get to know some people and build some friendships. It's so important. But you know what? The enemy loves to isolate us. The enemy loves to isolate us. And I think about people that battle with uh, maybe depression or uh, whatever, it is, what it is, hidden sins. And you know what? A lot of times... When we're really deep in the sin, we also find that we've isolated ourselves as well. And the un- enemy loves when we do that. So for the last two weeks, we've talked about the value of worth of genuine friendship. The value of worth for genuine Do we have that slide, guys, the last t- t- two weeks that we talked about? Uh, the, quality of gen- the friendship is unconditional. Number two... The qualities of a real friend. The qualities of a real friend. And, uh, okay, I thought we had that one too, but the true friendship is unconditional. True friendship is unconditional. So let's talk about uh, quality number two, that true friendship is faithful. True friendship is faithful. True friendship can, can always be counted on. I think about the old hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And I won't sing it today because I don't want anyone's ears to bleed. But, man, I remember singing that song as a little kid uh, in the United Christ Church that I grew up in. And I remember those pews were like the most uncomfortable pews I've ever sat in my life. And uh, we had the organ music going on. And... Um, and I remember singing that song. Uh, I really probably didn't, like, want to sing it. But now, like, I love that song. I think about that song, and I think about God's faithfulness in my life through the years, even in the midst of my unfaithfulness, and how precious that song is to me. But I'm going to look at the scriptures again. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A true friend loves at all times. This simply means a real friend will stick with you with no conditions attached. No conditions. A friend is somebody who multiplies your joys and divides your griefs. A true friend is someone who multiplies your joys and divides your griefs. You know, I want to be the kind of friend when someone sees my cell phone number pop up, they're not like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, I want, I want people to be joyful when I call them. And I would like to say that most of my friends are. Um, some of my leaders may not be because I always want to make sure that stuff, you know, is running smoothly. But they're very patient with me as well, and, uh, and they're doing a great job. A real friend is someone who walks in when everyone else has walked out. When everyone else has walked out. Proverbs 18.24 says, A real friend will be more loyal than a brother. A real friend will be... And you may have that right now. I mean, you may have uh, friends that you are closer with than maybe your own family. And, and that's okay. 
because uh, God's going to provide you someone. Now, let me clarify loyalty a little bit. Loyalty doesn't mean you affirm your friend when they do something wrong. Loyalty isn't the absence of accountability. Loyalty isn't the absence of accountability. So if I'm going to, you know, act like an idiot and I'm going to do something that hurts someone or I, I do something that's sinful and dishonors or, or, or displeases God, I need some friends in my life that call me out. Like I don't want friends who when I make a mistake, they, they just let me keep on doing what, I, what I'm doing. So, uh, so I've heard people through the years, when, when they're confronted on their sin, they go to their friend and they said, well, I thought you were my friend, man. I thought you were my friend. Well, dude, I am your friend, but I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to let you continue to walk in sin and not say anything. Because that's not a real friend. That's not a true friend. Listen, if you're getting ticked off every time your friend confronts you on something that is not, does not bring honor to the Lord, then you're the issue. You're the problem. There is no one more loyal than Jesus is to me. But when I set time aside to spend with him, he shines some light in some areas of my life. Just this past week, my best friend Jesus let me know I was starting to get back into some complaining ways. And then I need to be more grateful. You know, I became pretty pessimistic in my 20s. And God reminded me that I'm, that I'm not that guy anymore. And so when I had that time with the Lord this past week, he, he called me out on that. I mean, he loves me. He loves me more than anybody. But he also loves me to, to bring some conviction in my life. So I want to apologize, anyone in this room, family, close friends, if, by, if I've been a little negative this last month, then I apologize, and uh, I need to, to do a better job of that, and I need to rely on the Lord's strength, uh, even when I want to be a complainer, even when I want to let my flesh take over, uh, to, be, to be more positive and, and be more grateful. Simply put, a real friend loves at all times. A real friend is steadfast no matter what your situation if you really want to find out who your friends are, just make a mistake. Not a little one. I mean a doozy. Make a big doozy of a mistake. Then take responsibility for the mistake and watch their reaction. Watch if, like, if they can't be found. Like, if it almost seems like they, like they left the country because you can't get a hold of them. There are some people who you thought were friends, but when you make a big mistake and own it, they're gone, buddy. They're gone. The scriptures are clear that these people are not real friends. Proverbs 27.10 says, Never abandon a friend. A friend will stick with you, loves at all times. And it doesn't matter what you've done, a real friend is going to be there for you. I think about the, the great gospel writer and country singer, Tracy Lawrence. 
he sings a song that says, find out who your friends are. Now, I watched the video this morning, and it uh, came out about 10 years ago. It is so cheesy. Uh, it's got George Jones in it, you know. Uh, some of you may don't think I know George Jones because I look a little hipster up here, but I know who George Jones is. I like country, buddy. I like country. Um, let me read you these lyrics. It says, run your car off the side of the road, get stuck in a ditch way out in the middle of nowhere, or get yourself in a bind, lose the shirt off your back, need a floor, need a couch, need a bus fare. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where the cream is going to rise. This is where you really didn't know. This is where the truth don't lie. You find out who your friends are. Somebody's going to drop everything, run out and crank up their car, hit the gas, get there fast, never stop to think what's in it for me, or it's way too far. They just show up on their big old, with their big old heart. You find out who your friends are. Everybody wants to slap your back, wants to shake your hand. When you're on top of that mountain, but let, no one, but let one of those rocks give way, then you slide back down, look up, and see who's around then. This ain't where the road comes to an end. This ain't where the bandwagon stops. This is just one of those times a lot of folks jump off. You'll find out who your friends are. This principle of steadfastness speaks to those times that we've failed maybe to be a loyal friend to someone who really needs us or needed you in the past. Maybe you remember a time when you, and your, uh, your, your, when you had your own problems and this person didn't reach out to you, so why should you reach out to them? You're like, man, I remember that. I remember when I was going through that. You were nowhere to be found. You can deal with it on your own now. Maybe you felt this friend created his or her own problems, so that person needs to learn a lesson. I mean, you got some friends right now that, that keep on doing something over and over again. You're like, all right, all right, buddy, you do your thing. You do your thing, you kind of learn your own. Listen, I can see <clears throat> where you're coming from, especially if someone keeps on doing the same dumb mistake over and over and over again. And you're like, man, it's your own fault. You brought this upon themselves. But at the same time, I'm really glad that Jesus didn't say that to me. Because there's a lot of things in my life that I did over and over and over again. And there's still things in my life that I continue to do over and over again. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting to me that it's very easy for us to point out the sins in other people that we don't struggle with. But it's a little bit harder to put up that mirror and see the sins that you struggle with. You know, there's some, there's some people in your life that absolutely drive you crazy because of the things they keep on doing or don't keep on doing or don't or not are not doing. But you know what? There's probably some people that can say the same thing about you. There's some people that you're driving crazy because of the things that you keep on doing over and over again. One of them may be your spouse. Maybe your kids. You know, I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was pretty holy and righteous before I became a dad. 
And then uh, they just amplify your sins, buddy. I mean, especially when, like, you know, you use a cuss word and they use it. You say, you swear occasionally. Occasionally. I'm not, I'm not condoning that. I'm just saying, you know, especially when I'm trying to fix something. I just, it's just, I mean, fellas, you know how it is. You reap what you sow when you help someone in need. You know, you can be faithful to others when you remember how faithful God has been to you. You can be faithful to others when you remember how faithful God has been to you. And I guarantee you, if you don't give up and you remain faithful and steadfast, God will remember that. He'll remember that. And, and, and I guarantee that you'll probably have a friend that's going to do the same to you that will remain faithful and steadfast when you need them. Quality number three, true friendship is sacrificial. True friendship is sacrificial. Remember what we've already talked about, that genuine friendship is expensive and true friendship will cost you something. There will be an emotional cost. It will cost your time. You have to invest energy, effort, and strength to fulfill the commitment you've made to be a real friend. I mean, being a real friend is, is hard work. It's not easy. And, and if you don't like to work hard, then you probably don't have a whole lot of true friends. This means that sometimes it will be easier to forsake your friend than to sacrifice for your friend. It's easier to forsake your friend than to sacrifice for them. Proverbs 17, 7 says, A friend always loves, and a brother is born to share trouble. A brother is born to share trouble. The Native Americans have a very powerful word for friendship. I can't pronounce it in their language. It's a combination of several words that mean one who carries my sorrows upon his back. One who carries my sorrows upon his back. That's a friend. One that carries the sorrows of another. You know, when your friend is hurting, you will hurt. When your friend cries, you will cry. And I was, I was, I was uh, kind of putting the finishing touches on this sermon this morning, and man, all of a sudden, I started getting choked up. One, thinking about how faithful God has been to me when I was a total punk and was not, was like not deserving of love and forgiveness at all because of how I was living. And then two, my friends that have been there for me, man. Oh, I think about my friends when I really messed up, that were right there for me. I think of my friends when I was hurting and just crying because of the things I've done, and they were right there. Um, man, I, I remember the, the friends 
I've been in ministry for nearly 15 years, and, and, and the times I just wanted to quit ministry, because I just say, man, it's just too hard. I'm, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. And, and the friends that said, no, man, like you're called. God has a calling on your life. Um, man, the, the times I just wanted to give up with life in general. And, and the friends that, that poured into me. And, um, so I, just, I was just very touched this morning thinking about God's faithfulness and steadfastness. And, and, and some of you are in this room that, man, I, can, I consider true friends that have been through the good and the bad with me. And you know who you are. So I just want to thank you. Isaiah 53, 3, 3 through 4 says, he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with the bitterest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. When he went by, he was despised and and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God for his own sins. Man, that's what Jesus did for us. I think about the, the old hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Like I said, I won't sing it to you. I'll just read it to you. And oh, I'm telling you what, man, like the older I get and the more I think about what a friend Jesus has been to me. So what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Can I get an amen from my old people out there? I'm telling you what, buddy. Mm. What peace we often forfeit. And what needless pain we bear because we don't come to Jesus in prayer. Man, think about your situation right now. Right now. And are you trying to carry that yourself when God is telling you, I am here? Do you have confusion and anxiousness and fear when God wants to give you peace he's the only one that can give you peace with what you're facing right now I guarantee you I guarantee you you know Jesus was criticized for being a friend of sinners aren't you glad he's a friend of sinners Because if not, buddy, you and I would be in trouble, big time. Because if he was not a friend of sinners, you and I wouldn't be here right now. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus is such a loyal friend to us sinners that he laid down his life for us. I think about Jesus and his disciples, and when Jesus needed, you know, he picked 12 people to be his disciples, 12 men, and some believe there was teenage boys that he picked. 
to be his disciples. So you have Jesus with maybe a bunch of teenage boys, maybe somewhere in their early 20s. And he picks them to come alongside with him and to do his earthly ministry. And then he picks three out of the 12 who are really close. So then you have one who betrayed him. You had one who denied him. And the rest are gone when he needed them the most. And how did Jesus respond when he, when he died, before he died, asking God to, to remember them? Forgive them, God, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. God's saying, he forgives you because you don't realize what you're doing in your life right now. Trying to live for yourself and trying to live in sin. And not realize the cost that it paid for sin. Listen, if I had, God is a holy, he's a friend of God, he's a friend, but he is a holy and righteous God. If I'm walking away from my stand, get ready. Listen, if I had, a, if I had, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a husband, I'm a father. If someone broke into my house and harmed my family and they were caught and brought before the judge and they go to the judge, they say, judge, um, you know, I'm sorry, I had a rough childhood. I didn't mean to do what I did. You know, forgive me. I promise I won't do it again. And that judge were to say, you know what? I believe you just don't do it again. How would that make me feel? I'd be like, no, that ain't happening. Listen, you might let him go, but I'm going to be in the six o'clock news once we get outside. Because if you don't do your job, I'm going to do mine. Of course, I probably would have done my job before he left that house that night. Listen, what would you say about that judge? Would you say he is, he is a, a just judge, a righteous judge? No, you would not. And if we're going to say that about that judge, what would we say about Jesus Christ? What would we say about God if he just allows for us to sin without any payment of sin? He would cease to be a holy and righteous judge. There needed to be a penalty paid for you and for me that we could not pay. That's why Jesus came. You cannot do anything to save yourself. I don't care how much money you give away. I don't care, I don't care if you volunteer to soup kitchen, whatever you do. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, heaven does not await you. This is the gospel message that people that, that embrace the love of Jesus and the forgiveness of Jesus and admit that they are a sinner in need of a Savior will be with Jesus forever. If not, you are going to hell. You're going to hell. I cannot, I say that because I love you. I love you. That's why I say it. I would not be a pastor. I would not be your friend if I just let you continue to live the life you want to live without Jesus at the center of it. Because I love you. And I weep for you. And I weep for the loss in this community. And I would do everything I can until, until I take my last dying breath. I will preach Jesus. I will preach Jesus. I, I, I follow some of my friends on Facebook from high school, 
and they didn't realize how liberal they were until now. And I think about, like, uh, one of them uh, had a post about um, Mr. Rogers, and it said that, that uh, you know, how he was a pastor and how he loved Jesus, but he didn't have to put it down people's throats. And I, and I, and I think about that. And I think about, and then I, see, I saw all my high school friends like it, you know, and, 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 and you know, when I make a, listen, man, I, I am a conservative Christian. I, I have conservative values who line up with the Bible. And when I make a post and I just, if you were on Facebook this past week, you saw how I blew up about something I stood up for. And all the people, man, all, the, all, all, all of these, you know, these liberal uh, acquaintances that I know that, that gave them, they gave, wanted to give their two cents. Listen, man, I believe what I believe, and I will die believing what I believe in until my very last breath. And if it offends you, then I'm sorry. Listen, the gospel is offensive. The Bible, when you read the Bible, the Bible should make you mad because we're in this flesh, and, and we're, we're selfish, man. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to teach a, a, a two-year-old how to be selfish. No, they're born with that. They're born, we're born in a sin. We are born in, in to be selfish and, and to, to just do whatever this flesh wants. But that's not how the gospel is. You continue to live that kind of life, and that's full of destruction. But Jesus can give you life, can give you freedom, can give you peace. All right, back to my notes. First Corinthians 13, and I'm, I'm wrapping it up here. First Corinthians 13, that's the love passage, right? We hear that, we hear that at, at weddings all the time. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Now, let me read this last section. And, and instead of thinking husband and wife, I want you to think of Jesus and you. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Jesus will never give up on you. He will never lose faith. He will always give hope. And he will endure every circumstance you face in this life. You know, we can carry the burdens of our friends, but we can't take away the burdens of our friends. I can't take, I mean, I can sit with someone and I can cry with them, but I can't take it away. And, and, if, and especially if you're a parent and your kids are going through something, you know, man, you know how you carry that burden. And you would do anything you could to take it away. But you can't. You can't take away that burden. Jesus is the only one that can take away someone's burden. He's the only one. He can carry it and he can take it away. You know, I thought I was a good friend. But it wasn't until I became a believer in Christ that I truly understood what faithful friendship and sacrifice is all about. I guarantee you, man, when you come to Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you understand 
his faithfulness and his sacrifice, your friendships, you haven't seen nothing yet, man. You haven't seen nothing yet. Jesus has chosen to be friends with us, but you have to accept that friendship. You have to accept it. Listen, you are not getting into heaven because grandma and grandpa or mom and dad believe in Jesus. That decision is up to you. Only you. And Jesus wants you to make that decision. A true friend is faithful. And a true friend is willing to sacrifice. That's what Jesus did for us. And that's what we're called to do for others. Let me pray.